0: Hi. Short Bus Debate Club. It's a bus rolling. I can get on board. (laughs) Hello. I'm Darren Jolly. (laughs) It's time to get this short bus started. So let's roll and on with the show. Welcome to part two of Short Bus Debate Club. Who is Robin Who? Um. I'm Brian Courtney. Yeah, I'm Darren Jolly-ish. <laughs> oh, I'm Darren Jolly-ish. Um, so, toward the end of the last session, we were talking about, you know, the state being in bed with the banks and maybe if the post office can do something to cure our ills. Um, I, I think cure is a... It's tough, but at least
1: to drive a certain dialectic to the front—that that, that would be the way that I would. It be, being the asshole that I am, you know the. Yeah. That's the
0: that's fair. I mean, I was just trying to recap it as, as quickly as possible. I just don't like a
1: person improperly recharacterizing my thoughts, motherfucker. Sorry, my
0: bad. You're not sorry at all. Um. <laughs> so. The, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, again, bank robbery has been happening for a long time, or I should just say robbery. Banks and lenders fucking people over has been happening just as long, if not longer. Um, you know, we mentioned the, the Great Depression and the basically, I don't know, half a decade of robberies that happened after that, which they called the public enemy era, I think. Um, but that that stock market crash that happened... Legislation was put into effect after that to ensure nothing like that ever happened again.
1: The last deal?
0: Yes. So they said, this is an investment bank. This is a commercial bank. And never shall they intersect. Mm -hmm. We're keeping people's money safe here unless you want to gamble with it and then you put your money here. For some reason... We could speculate on on a number of those reasons, but they basically made that act ineffective, and now they're they're doing everything under one roof again. So you know that's what happened in two thousand eight. Um, and it's not even just that
1: they're just doing it under one roof. It's that the positions are being consolidated on an unprecedented level. Like the 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 financial ones. So, like the one there were the ones that went under, right? But then there were the ones that through the bailouts that got consolidated into those positions. The Silicon Valley Bank. So the yeah, the one that I was talking about that that bought the that bought it real quick here. yeah for a minute. Let me let me find something real
0: quick. Okay, I'm just gonna talk and. Yeah. Anyways, time. so. It is essentially happening under one roof, but I think what he's getting at is the fact that so the government comes in and and bails said bank out, and then in order to recoup some of their expenses on bailing someone out, they sell those assets to another financial institution, and then the cycle can start all over again at an institution under another name, well yeah, it's like it's like bubble structures at this point in time. But we'll, again, we'll get in that a little bit. First
1: Citizens was the name of the company that bought uh, Silicon Valley Bank, but there are twenty banks over the course of the last um, since since two thousand eight time period that uh, since those initial bailouts. So in the wake of that, where these banks get into trouble, the government swoops in. Silicon Valley Bank was just a particularly uh, interesting one because the numbers were so high relative to a lot of things. And also because there were giant Silicon Valley production positions that were tied to the bank, which made it, again, where they would be holding you know, $1.3 billion in their depositor positions. But, yes, everything – yeah, you, you, the cross-pollinating to where savings and investment and all that kind of shit gets – gets put in the same place, but where you might have had competition in the past where you'd have 150, you know, whatever. I don't don't know what the number would be. A lot of fucking banks that would be out there, bigger banks, but now, you know, the way that the bailout played in together, giant financial institutions getting consolidated and other giant financial institutions. It's funny to even think about the concept of too big to fail as like a meaningful way of, if, if, if an institution is effectively too big to fail, then it shouldn't be a private institution anymore. I'm sorry. I know that you don't agree with what I just said with regards to that. but
0: Well, it's not. It's it, a public... What I, what I would say is that if it's too big to fail, then one, it shouldn't fucking fail. And Even 2 You'd be smart enough to not allow it to get fucked up. Right. If... The government is going to bail you out, then certain considerations have to be made. Uh, no fucking bonuses, no golden parachutes, no <laughs> shit like that. Um, but also, at that point, again, instead of reselling those assets to another institution that may or may not do the same thing again at a discounted and bailed out rate yes then maybe yes the the government says hey let's be this bank this is the united but then i think maybe the united states is worried that they'll put these other banks out of business i don't know no matter what though like your,
1: your your initial comment about considerations, right? Like, if you're going to allow for this to happen and for the bailout to be played into, there should be certain, yeah, I mean, at the very least, on the day that uh, Silicon Valley Bank, on the day, that, earlier in the day, before the government came in and took them out, uh, they paid their bonuses. That day, this is, this is a matter of public record. This is not up for debate. This is a fact. Right. So how in the fuck, you know, I mean but again, like we're not even on the playing field. Like we can't even say no. That's bullshit. We're going to we're going to take over the fucking government if you guys don't stop doing shit like that. Well, and I'm not
0: one of those people that fucking, you know, shakes my fucking I do shake my finger, but not about this particular subject. I'm not one of those people that says, "Oh, well, you can't pay your CEO this much money. You can't give them this much in bonuses. You can't do this because it's your fucking money. You can do whatever you want with it. But if, with you on that point at another point? if you're doing it and asking for tax money to save you then you can't do it yeah well
1: that's so con- yeah any or any number of considerations like we'll give you x amount of dollars to to write the ship but you have to pay that money back you know or something
0: right well we went over all of that mm-hmm. shit when we did the episode that was just on i think that was the that was the corporate welfare episode and we went through how much money was actually paid back and it wasn't a lot. No, no nothing relative um, to bogus. Not compared to what we, we paid out. So, I mean, yeah, I I get it. Um, you want you to
1: know something else funny about the Silicon Valley Bank one? Um, this King Klippenstein and this guy, uh, Dan uh, Boguslaw, they, they did some looking into this. There was a rhetorical uh, disposition that was pushed forward um, that... Uh, it was a national security issue if we didn't do that then it was going to affect the u.s's national security
0: and that's because of somebody this, this, doing a cyber security firm who had a lot of high profile clients or something along those lines no,
1: that you're you're being way too rational right now they, they, they literally were um, suggesting that like somebody was manipulating things on uh, the internet through twitter to instigate a bank run. And that's why the, the money was coming out, despite the fact that there were emails internal in Silicon Valley bank as middle, as, 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 early as the middle of February that we're saying, we're leveraged a little bit, you know, the interest rates are going up too quick. We're leveraged too much on these long-term bonds. Uh, uh, we're going to get our assets handed to us. If we don't start trying to find a way to sort of like hedge in a different direction in relation to this stuff, um, they knew that there were problems and then there were all these internal communications. So there were some things that were going on through emails and on Twitter between people that were the high end depositors in the bank were, uh, and people that were um, at the top of the bank that started messing with uh, shares and pulling money out. But that wasn't a bank run writ large by everybody that was involved in it. The only people that were uh, pulling their money out were the people that were at the top end that knew that they had fucked up with the way that they had conducted their banking operations. Right. But at the same time, you still got to see the guys, uh, Warren, like he's a Senator. Uh, he sits on the uh, one of the big banking committees in the Senate, you know, and he's like, this was a national security issue. And he has huge ties to Silicon Valley bank. There was this, all these articles that I found where, uh, he had a, had a received a ton of, uh, donations from them um, in the past. And he says, I'll give all that money back. Well, motherfucker, it's a little bit late. You know, you, you're, you've you're already, the hand is tipped, you know, your conflict of interest in relation to this. So making an argument on behalf of them and their bailout in the name of national security is uh
0: is bullshit at the best. So I'm sorry, carry on. No, I was just sitting here thinking, you know, the, the donations... Those are are transparent. So we can always chase them down for that. Not entirely. Not if it comes through uh the black those black spaces. Like packs, super packs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, I I get that. But I'm talking about the ones that were just, you know, made okay, Silicon Valley, paid to the order of Warren, whatever the fuck his name is. Mark Warren. Mark Warner. I'm sorry. Um but there's them. there's money that's never transparent that we don't see. And I'm not saying every politician is dirty. I'm saying it's a matter of degrees. Most of them it's are. A, it's a
1: matter of degrees. Yeah. There are some that are a lot better than others, and there are some that are infinitely worse. But Nancy Pelosi, she's the cleanest politician in the history oh, of yeah. the
0: world. Yeah, she is. Um, but there's. That money that you know is is paid under the table um, because the $200,000 a plate dinner that they hold, you know, in the back room, somebody's handing them an additional $2 million just to make sure they get that yes vote or they get that bailout or they get their drilling rights or... Yeah, any any version of any version of pay to play. Yeah. yeah. Um and that's not a good thing. But again, I think if we had to measure it out at least dollars to dollars, I would say that banks Rip people off more than they get ripped off, and that would be probably if you went all of the way back to the beginning of banks. Um, I don't know that for a fact, that would take some more digging, and, but and but then
1: the nature of money suggests that because you like if you're going to have money, you have to have faith in that money, which means that the institutions that create the faith that allow that to exist in the first. Which is going to imply some dirty games to try to maintain those positions.
0: You know, it's it's kind of funny that you <clears throat> mentioned that. And again, at the beginning of the the first half, I talked about mediums of exchange as as opposed to cash, currency, whatever. Um, here in the United States, in I don't know, probably starting in say 1840 and ending in 1914 um but the majority of it was like 50 to probably 80 something like that 1850 to 1880. we had 1600 banks had approval to print their own currency and there were over 7000 different currencies available within the United States that in conjunction with a lot of like mining outfits were printing up their own coins and shit so we didn't have a national currency currency up until 1914, I mean, there was a national currency, but the Civil War. Con- there
1: was a concept of a national currency,
0: right? Well, I mean, because when we first started here, we were using English, Spanish, and French money, um, so we didn't have our own money then. But like, I mean, fucking seven thousand different currencies being moved around, and you know the Southern dollar wasn't worth much in the North and and vice versa during the civil war. And, you know, so there were some different things happening. So it it just kind of makes me laugh. And now, and I'm using this term ironically, but now we are the gold standard. You know, if you don't, if
1: you don't announce the irony, if you just sort of, like throw the irony in
0: in the middle of the comment. We're the short bus debate club, though. So I wanted to make sure that everyone on the short bus, including, well, I just figured that if you could, if you were going to explain that the irony was coming, if
1: I explained to you the function of the irony in the first place, <laughs> yes, there might we we might be operating on multiple levels of irony at that point in but...
0: time. That's very ironic. Um. We so, should
1: get Alanis Morissette on the show
0: next time. Didn't she have some song called Ironic? I think she did. I think it actually started off, isn't it Ironic? Don't you say see? I don't I don't know that I've ever even recall
1: listening to an entire Alanis Morissette song. It was a horrible fucking album.
0: Horrible. Um so I, You know, again, I I don't know whether or not people are robbing banks more than banks are robbing people. Again, I have my suspicions. I would say that even if more people are robbing banks, that banks are making more off of, Robbing fewer people.
1: Well, because they're making money off of people robbing banks. Yes. Because as long as it's circulating, you know, the, their fees are coming into play. There, I mean, you gotta wash that money somehow or another. You know, once you, once you start moving everything around, you know, as long as you don't write a book about it afterwards, you should be
0: fine. You know. <laughs> Are you going to wait to talk about the book until. What book? The one that the guy wrote. 40 I don't even years know what the name after. of the book was.
1: There was a bank that was uh, robbed in the south of France. It was uh, a very famous bank in Europe. They held tons and tons of jewels and money and precious metals in this place. And these guys, uh, uh, they went into these underground areas. Uh, I still can't remember what the fucking name. What's the name of the, 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 what's the name of the, of a city in the south of France?
0: I don't know. I was going to, I said Monte Carlo is, is Marseille and the, f-
1: Mar- Marseille is where it was at. That's right. Okay. Very good. You did a fine job. Thank it, you. No, no, it isn't Marseille. Marseille is the fucking, the thing in the middle of it that they, that's the big, keep, keep talking for a second. So they they robbed them. So they went in this underground space, and they had to pipe all this gas down underneath because that it was like the biggest uh, vault in the world at that point in time. Um, and uh, they had to pipe oxygen in down there while they were doing it. Okay,
0: so it's it's Monaco, Marseille, Montpellier. Um nice.
1: It was a niece. That was where it was. It was a niece. I was fucking up. It was a niece.
0: That's nice. <laughs> no, it's nice. Excellent. No, that's nice. Good talk. <laughs> so,
1: the 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 douchebag that was at the the head of the group, and they 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 totally got everything out of there. And somehow or another, there was something that was like blocking the door. So, when all of these people came in at the beginning of the day to try to uh, gain access to the shit that was in the vault. They couldn't get the vault open, so they contacted the company that created the vault and they couldn't get it figured out. So they actually had to uh, cut out a hole in the side of it so they could see what was going on at the door. And they could see that, like, all these fucking safety deposit boxes had been busted open all over the place. And uh, the motherfucker got away with it for 40 years until he wrote a book anonymously about it and got busted for it. And as Brian pointed out when we were talking about it, generally one would assume uh, that there were certain statute of limitations issues at 40 years, but something to do with the way that they had laundered the money over state lines or something like that, put them in a position
0: to where uh, he ended up getting prosecuted for it and that fucked up. Well, and it, you're dealing with an entirely different thing. And now that we're talking about it again, I want to look it up because – and not knowing what Interpol was was really bothering me. I know, is it international police? Uh, yeah,
1: you're you're gonna you're gonna have to figure that out all on your own. Fuck! Mind. I tried
0: but, to pull it up and Google searched interpolation instead. Albert. International criminal police Albert. organization. Albert okay. Stavier was the one that did it. Uh, when did he come on?
1: Talk about when he got caught. Twenty sixteen, Italian author Carlos de Recol published a book about the heist called La Forge del Perdido. They don't even talk about the specifics of it, but that was the that was the book that got him in got him in trouble. And they don't talk about the specifics of what it was, but it had to have something to do with that. What you're saying, the inner position.
0: What a fucking idiot,
1: though. Either way,
0: I mean, you gotta you gotta play. Certain cards close to your chest Until you fucking die Well
1: and even then Just sometimes it's better For the mythology's sake To just not ever To let everybody wonder
0: forever Yeah I mean So This We can kind of talk About some of the other stuff Like It always bothered me That John Dillinger got caught The way that he did Because they shot him In front He's been talking about this the whole time we've been getting out of this. They, They shot him in front of a fucking Chicago movie theater. Well, I always thought that it was his girlfriend's fault because it was her friend that ratted him out. Well, the feds would have never been involved except for the fact that Dillinger had stolen a car a few crimes back and cross state lines with it so that allowed the FBI to become involved because at the time they didn't worry about bank robberies right there was nothing you know that because made them come state, in
1: it was a state level issue because it would happen inside of that municipality
0: right so. um so he was the one that actually brought the feds in and then his girlfriend's friend ratted him out and said, we're going to be at the fucking movie theater on this night at this time. And when they came out, boom, boom, boom. Um, But the way you tell it,
1: like the narrative, it really brings a big picture to my head. Like it really... You know, they came out, boom, boom, boom. Sorry. Did they yeah. a little boom, 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 boom? Is that, you know? No, they
0: came out of the movie theater. I think he had one girl on one side and one on the other. And um just because, again, the time frame, not everybody knew what he looked like. None of them knew what the girlfriend looked like. And not all of them knew what the friend looked like. So she said, I'm going to be wearing a fucking orange dress or a pink dress or whatever so that they could identify him when they came out of the theater. Um, so not only did she rat him out and give the location, she fucking helped them target him, it, too. So did she have a bullet riddled body, too? No, they just shot him.
1: What a dirty rat.
0: You You dirty rat. rat. <laughs> um Yeah, so, I mean... I don't know. I I love criminals as a whole. And, and just... I don't
1: that's, know. That's not, that's not true. You love a certain variety of criminals. Yeah, I guess. I don't think you like child molesters.
0: No, I don't. Um, but I don't consider them criminals. I consider them fucking dirty, rotten scumbags that deserve to have their entrails pulled out through their nostrils. Yeah,
1: and I'm right there with you on that, <laughs> you know. But when you say that you, when you, I mean, so we're getting back to the point about romanticizing. But it's, it's an irony thing, right? Like, if we lived in a world where things really were fair, right? Where there was a measure of competition, where people engaged in it, and... Uh, the human race would grow and develop, like, in a in a way that uh, would inspire people to, to feel good about it, like they were a part of, you know, I mean, like the goofy shit that was happening in the 60s when they were trying to get to the moon, you know, and I understand perfectly well that not everybody in the United States would buy into that, and there were very good reasons for that, I'm not, you know, I, I don't want to get into that, but I mean, uh, the spirit that ties to a concept like that, where you have a collective uh, intention, like so collective social intention, but people are capable of acting like individuals in that context in relation to that collective social intention. But because of the fact that everything is so farcical as it relates to that notion. I mean... If you really loved criminals as much as you say you do,
0: I then mean, I would be a criminal.
1: Well, you would be a certain type of criminal.
0: Yeah, maybe. No, no, maybe.
1: I grew up with you, bitch. <laughs> 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 this is a tough, but like honestly, so when I went, I, I, I watched this stupid top 10 banks rob thing uh, in the 21st century, because a lot of the stuff that you were talking about was older stuff, right? I was like, well, let's let's see what's happened. You know, a lot of the stuff outside of the digital realm, right, stopped happening around 2000, 2007, thousand seven, two thousand eight, two thousand nine, and like I can't help but feel that the the Assange Snowden reality, as it relates to, and just since we're talking about banks and money and blah, 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 mediums of exchange, right? Uh, Elizabeth Warren had been making this argument uh, in the Senate recently about her concern for people gaining access to uh, certain types of guns by being able to purchase them with cash, right? So there's this sort of like momentum that's starting to build to eliminate cash as a medium of exchange and to go to a straight digital currency. I cannot tell you how opposed I am to this concept. And I understand on some level that this is going to be something that's going to happen to some extent more and more and more as we
0: continue to move into the digital age. Dude, I've been paranoid about that shit forever. Not, not. I'm not talking about an RFID card, but I mean like them fucking... Basically, installing your bank account to in your, your fucking yeah. thumbprint, yeah. and the it's the just beast. everything. Yeah I, yeah, I mean, yeah, your phone. You know where you live, all of that shit. I am digital, Ryan. Right. Let me put my thumb on the thing, and you know everything <laughs> that I bought for the last seven years, and every porn
1: thing that I've looked at, and you know whatever, whatever it might be. I mean, but it's one thing. So like, at, you know, working in retail to post office. I cannot tell you how many times people come up to me and they say, do you still take cash? I'm like, are you serious? And then I say, we don't discriminate when it comes to legal tender at the post office. And I say that somewhat ironically in the context of what it is that we're talking about. Because at some point in time, these individuals, you know, I, I don't think that Elizabeth Warren is the... Is an absolute bastion of deviousness, but I do think that her disposition in relation to this is incredibly short-sighted because there are certain things that uh, they're nobody else's business. you know what I do with my money, it's kind of like the way that they originally crafted the uh, um, the, the big uh, money bill that they were trying to do at the beginning. So there were two bills that were coming out at the beginning, of Biden's uh, presidency, they were both supposed to come through the 51 vote thing. Uh, where you don't have to get the full the full sixty in the in, in the Senate, um, and uh, one of them was like an economic rescue bill. Originally, it was set up at about five trillion dollars. That was the one with the corporate and tax
0: up. and the fucking and, and all any, of that any,
1: shit. On any any cha- exchange of money over three hundred dollars was required by law to be documented digitally. That was written into that that second bill. And for all the things that people that you know love to you know suck the dick of FDR and. We need to have this new welfare state thing and they they wanted that original version of that bill to come out that three hundred dollar uh stipulation and not like that that is not something that i wanted to have in there you can say whatever you want if i don't you know like you say you, if you're telling me uh i don't care because i don't have anything to hide well fuck you motherfucker you know i mean
0: dude that's horrible and you know for a long time When I paid my share of the bills with the ex, she wanted me to give her cash. And the reason she wanted me to give her cash was because she didn't want anything to come up on the IRS or, you know, whatever, because she didn't want it to look like she had more money than she had, which is fine to me. But she's one of those people. That is always saying, well, it's not like I'm doing anything wrong. Let them fucking look. Well, she wanted to have that extra, you know, $1,500 or whatever so that she could go pay cash for something. And But when they looked, they would've, it would have looked like she was evading something. Right. Or, well, especially with this $300 thing. I mean, because $300 these days isn't a fucking lot, no, that's, dude. It,
1: it, it, that's tantamount to every... Nearly every like, me almost meaningless meaningful tra- financial transaction you you're, you're committing to having to be on. Fuck the books. a
0: family of four. That's probably not even a weekly grocery sure. shop. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know that's one trip to Costco for anybody, not just a family of four. Um. So yeah, the three hundred that. Uh, yeah, well, that that would take us down an entirely different road.
1: But it is this. It is this. I mean, it's compounding the same the same ultimate questions. Where you have these people that are. I mean, we're not going to be able to look inside those thirteen point three three million dollar accounts. You know, I mean, what they did, why it was it they deserved to be protected, despite the fact that they were in violation of, you know, FDIC insurance and all of the various different things in relation to that. We, you know. They get the bailout. I, I remember I skit into a fight with somebody at the post office one day about uh and I I know these are not perfect analogies, but there's still a conceptual uh, uh, thing at the root of it that's similar. Um I I said uh, how much money there there was a corporate person at the post office. We were invaded for you know a couple weeks one time, and there was a corporate person there, and, and I said, so. I'm, I'm, it's a rhetorical question, ultimately, but I'm just trying to poke and prod for a response. I said, how much money are we charging Amazon per package to to deliver uh, those packages for them? And she said, well, they're a private institution. We don't have the right to have that information. I said, but we're a public institution, ma'am, and we're doing that for them. They don't get to close the books on that, absolutely. I'm, I'm, right. I said, I'm not saying that I deserve all the information in relation to that. But it reminds me of this uh, scene out of uh, Legends who, of the Fall. Who
0: said that to you? It
1: was this corporate bitch from the post office. It just so there there were like there were like ten or twelve of them that were running around, and she kept bugging me about some shit. So I was like, okay, if you want to fuck with me, then I promise you, I'm going to come over the top and fucking smack you in your head, lady. You know. So that's I started asking her questions like that. But it reminds me of Legends of the Fall, where uh, they come looking for. Uh, you ever watch that movie? They come looking for Decker with, with the, the, uh, police officer guy and, uh, but they're with those, the Irish guys that are smuggling liquor all the time. And, uh, we're looking for this guy, Decker, you know, uh, and, uh, he says, well, what do you have to do with this sheriff and the, the Irish? Well, that's a, um, a private matter. And he says, but well, that's a public office that you're filling. And that's exactly the same thing that I wanted to say. And that, that, and that's when I say that the, the trying to drive the public private dynamic forward that dialectic forward fuck you bitch i have the right to know some of that stuff because yeah. you don't just get to we don't just get to bargain these these positions and give them whatever the fuck they want because they're private and we're 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 subject to their whims because we're cash poor and we need we need access to that there are certain things that should absolutely be a matter of public record when it comes to those questions
0: you can probably find some of it online, but it would be a big figure, like it would say $12.7 you know, yeah. billion dollars paid to the U.S. post office. In installments of $3
1: billion per year over the course of four years or something like that. But that doesn't, you know, right. then I have to literally go in and calculate the number of, you know, and, and not only that, because you have to look at the types of packages that they're giving us, because they give us all these like, you know, mirrors that weigh 70 pounds and fucking take. Ultimately, things that when they were handing them off to their um, Amazon drivers, they were hurting their backs and getting having to deal with claims in the rears with regards to that, uh, having to deal with them through the people that they were farming the stuff out to through contractual positions. So, uh, the number of ways in which, yeah, I, I promise you one, if you were to if you were to bring one of those packages in, they, we might be getting paid four dollars and eighty three cents to deliver. If you were to pay for the postage, first of all, some of them wouldn't even qualify because they violate our rules. But if it was a, you know, if it was a 70-pound package that went from uh, New York to Denver, that's a $150 package, not a $4
0: package. So this is corporate and state being in bed together, and it's kind of on the same page, but it so amazon is the only company i can think of that has enough juice cuz before amazon had their own drivers they fucking made the post office open up and do deliveries on sunday
1: Sundays. we were we were literally Within, like, months of switching to five-day delivery, we were about to go to Saturdays. It was in Congress. They were voting on it. They were talking about it. We were about to go to five days. The Amazon deal got signed, and, like, that October, like, we started delivering on Sunday, right before right before Christmas, of course. You know,
0: so, yeah. I mean, that's that's a lot of fucking juice, dude. That's, well,
1: that, dude, it's... Well, I mean... If you put that in the, I mean, I, I know we're going off on a, a super huge tangent here, but you put that in the context of the fact that we were having a pre-fund, which made it look like we weren't financially solvent. So we would generally be running like a, like a deficit of $5 billion a year, but we we're paying $5 billion into that that fund. So like if you, there were, I'm, I'm not going to say that there weren't instances that we would have been running in the red, but there were instances that we were in, in the black as well, you know? So if you look at it, it would have been much closer so it was, a, it was cooking the books to make it look like the post office was incapable of being solvent. While we we're being held to a certain standard, there is no other governmental institution that was functioning the way we were in that sort of quasi, you know, on our own sort of space, we're generating our own revenue kind of space, and we're supposed to be out on our own space on, on one level, and then being expected to pre-fund the, the retirement 75 years in advance. And look, you can tell me that this year, yes. Yeah, so that fucking bill went through, right? Great. Good, good, good for the fucking bill, right? That doesn't change the fact that it created the conditions to where uh, there was a rhetorical disposition that the post office needed access to more, more money. So we were forced to sign these contracts with them to where we literally changed the entire structure of the production process, which is exactly what Jesus implied. We were literally about to go to five days. I'm not, I'm not making an, a normative argument about whether or not that should have happened or not happened. It was just an ontological fact. It was in Congress. They were about to vote for that to happen and that stopped and we were not only not going to five days, we stayed at seven and it was based on a false cooking of the books. So I mean uh, yeah the, the the juice was and I like I cannot help but feel that I mean I'm not saying that like when you look backwards you could say well that was a big plan. I, I don't know that that's necessarily the case But there were some motherfuckers that were trying to make money out of the post office and figure out the best way to do it. And they certainly did, you know, and then UPS said, yeah, we don't need to take over the entire package industry. As a matter of fact, during Christmas time, we can push all these extra costs off onto the post office. We can maintain our solvency. We just pay them X amount of dollars in the meantime. And we continue to maintain our relative level of profitability because we have the same amount of drivers. We have the same amount of packages. We've already got our calculus for how our, production standards need to exist at a certain level to to be profitable we just do that to maintain where we hit these differential spaces to where you have to push these push these surplus packages into a different direction when I mean, you get you get what i'm saying and so ultimately the post office is one of those institutions that exists to subsidize private industry in a very clear way and like the thing that and just as an ancillary subject in relation to it when it comes to the postal banking thing. So there's all that cash sitting there still right now. I don't know what the plan is with that money, but it's like $120, 130000000000 billion or something like that from the money that we paid into the pre-funding. Like the one thing that I'm scared about is if we create a postal banking space, you know, somebody hedging, you know, and just stripping that $120 billion right out of the post office, you know, And, and that's just me being paranoid based on seeing the things that I said, I got nothing to back up a belief for how or why that would happen, but it's there. And I can't help based on the way that they did all this other shit. Why wouldn't they take a shot at that too? Cause that's money that's there. It's money there to be fucking robbed because who's robbing who banks, robbing banks, robbing banks,
0: robbing banks. Well, you know, we initially started talking about banks, but a lot of these guys that we were talking about, the the Dillingers and, and Barkers and, and all of those guys, they were robbing like gas stations and, and grocery stores too. But again, when you're out in these rural areas, a lot of times the general store is the post office. And it's not that there's a delivery person, I mean... A postal truck comes up. The Jolly Store in Deer Trail was the post office, and gives the the mail, and that's put into a box on a wall somewhere. And somebody comes in with the key and grabs their mail, however often they want. A lot of times, there's old people sitting out front, and they're drinking soda and fucking smoking cigarettes, and you know they hang out there because that's the place in Deer Trail.
1: Yeah. It's it's you got a church and you got a post office. It's social existence. Yeah. And the store. Yeah. It's and all the same thing.
0: So post offices were being robbed also. Not necessarily just because it was attached to a grocery store or a general store, but they were being robbed. And I don't know if this is why it started happening or not, but... You can still go into post offices now and see wanted posters for people that were robbing banks. I, I've never, I've not, I, I haven't seen one for years. They did, they used to, but
1: I, I, I'm not, at, not in my post office. I, they don't I, have them there I anymore. Seen, I've, been, I've been on the window since November 2011. I've never seen. One. I seen them when I was a kid, but I haven't seen them. I haven't seen one at pound's Ranch when I walked in there. Okay. Like we didn't have one down at 20th and Curtis, and that was a. That was the center of
0: the. You okay, know, well maybe they started pulling them down, but I swear I saw one. Maybe it was Lakewood, Maine, Englewood. I, I, you know what I think? I think that you are kind of hallucinating. All fucked up. It could be. <laughs> yeah. Well, you are my man. Um, but anyway, that might be one of the ways that they stayed in connection from city to city. Because at one time, they were putting wanted posters in the post office, and I think that they did it because people went to the post office to get their mail, and so they knew that it would be seen. It was the
1: site, yeah, where people would come. Yeah. yeah. I, think that, I think that's absolutely, it was the site of civic space. I mean, I think that's a fact. I don't think that's wrong at all. Um, Everybody went to the post office. Everybody went to the, the store, the, 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 the town, whatever that town, yes. That's a fact. Yeah. Everybody saw, you know, Dillinger's picture up on the wall.
0: <laughs> I know that motherfucker. I just saw him at the movie theater.
1: <laughs> he had these two girls' off on him, but he caught a couple of bullets. <laughs> he
0: was getting snitch. shot. That bitch was a snitch. You know, the concept of bank robbery, I I understand. Um. Of course, if you do rob a bank and get caught, I think, you know, it's like a 20-year minimum sentence or something like that. I don't understand people that risk long-term prison sentences for $300 robbing the local gas station. you know we can't rob trains anymore maybe you could rob a train i don't fucking know but i don't think they carry they the money carry that they used money, to yeah.
1: you don't I mean cuz back then that we were talking they had they'd have the wells fargo guys or the uh, what do you call them Hankertons. The, Hankertons, yeah huh. Yeah. yeah because money would that's the only way that you'd be moving concrete money
0: that's the only way you'd be moving concrete Jewels well and they and mail. moved it around the like ore because ah. a mine would fucking send their ore like if you were in say so, deadwood you need to they get would smelted? send it to denver to get or something, or what? um I think to convert it to cash so that you can put it in a bank or whatever because I mean those smaller areas where mines were, didn't necessarily have a bank, or if they did have a bank, it might not have the currency that you wanted. So, you know, you'd send it to a larger city. But I don't think I'd be trusting anybody with my own. They use stagecoaches too, I guess, which is another. They used to rob stagecoaches. Yeah, yeah. You, 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 you know, when you get really
1: romantic about it, you love the old west. That's, that's the time period that you would like to go to.
0: If I picked a time, I, I've i always said that that's where I would go. So that you could have really, really good teeth? Fuck, I have really good teeth now.
1: <laughs> no matter what, dude. Back then, that, that, that was some champion time. You know, that was a, there was this stupid-ass fucking show that Jeannie used to watch where I'm not even going to say what the show is because of how bad it was. But these guys go back in time, and they're going into the bar. And there's a brothel in there. And uh, he's like, this is this is Mary Jean. She's my best girl. You know, and she smiles and she's got like four
0: teeth. She's, um, like, she's almost gummer prepared. I, I always think when you just now said that, I always think of that time me and your dipshit brother went down to Durango. You went to Durango and Dan? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we ended up at this bar, and I know, unless they had just done it to look like it used to be a brothel, but you know, Durango's an old mining town, all of this stuff, so that it's a standalone building, you can tell it's old as shit, but you walk in, and it's a one of the two-floor buildings, and they've got it all closed off upstairs, but there was this big fucking picture. It had to be, I don't know, at least five by five of this woman who wasn't quite naked, but, you know, naked enough. And I'm pretty sure that it would have been the madam at at the time. So I'm, I don't know, 80% sure that it had been a brothel at one time. But that could just be me romanticizing shit, saying, "Okay, you? well, this was a brothel." Was
1: she given a full four tooth smile? Well, I mean, was... listen,
0: <laughs> <laughs> she, she, she had teeth. Um, but yeah, I would definitely go back in time, and, and that would be the the frame that I would choose is the the Old West. I don't romanticize anything
1: anymore. I like hot chairs. I I want hot chairs from here until the end of time. And as soon as they're gone, then I'm going to disappear from the face of the
0: earth. The shower would be tough. Um, you know, having to go outside, especially like in Colorado in the winter time. you know, you wake up in the middle of the night and have to take a shit and you got to go outside and it's fucking snowing and it's dark and.
1: Motherfucker, you don't even have toilet paper.
0: That's true.
1: I mean, that that shit, no pun intended, that shit sucks, you know? I was watching Empire of the Sun the other day. And, when was
0: toilet paper invented? I don't
1: know, that's a good, we, we, we'll, we'll need, yeah, look up, for the, so I was watching Empire of the Sun the other day, and uh, I love that movie. Christian Bale plays the little kid in that movie, you know that?
0: I've never seen that movie. Oh, you gotta watch that movie.
1: But, uh. Uh, all these British, um, people who lived in, uh, Shanghai area where, where he was from, uh, not Hong Kong, but Shanghai. Um, they end up in this place where they're using all these Chinese, like the Japanese are using all these Chinese to build the runway during the runway, this runway during the world war two, but they uh, have all the British in this internment camp. Right. And, uh, there's a Japanese fellow. That's the head of the, the place. And, uh, Every now and again, they, sh- they have the instance where they, you know, they give them the bath with the hot water and somebody's pouring it over the top of their head. Like every time I see like a scene like that from, you know, whether it's like Last Samurai or, you know, from some Western fucking, you know, where somebody's taking a bath in a fucking dirty old fucking bathtub or some shit like that. I just can't help but think, man, like what a luxury it was. During that time period, to have some motherfucker standing behind you with hot water pouring it over your head, you know, and that was like the best.
0: So, no, I I know I would have a hard time not doing the shower thing. Even though I think in the the old west you could get a hot bath, but I. Quit taking baths when I was like fucking eight, and now I've got a serious problem with fucking just sitting there in my own fucking filth. filth. Well, but back
1: then there was that was it.
0: Right. Know? No, I understand that. That's now ahead. What the fuck are you some talking Some of it about? is better, and I've also washed my hair in like a mountain stream in like May with the fucking. The melt off. Yeah, that's chilly. That's some cold <laughs> shit. Um, so, in the 14th century, perfumed paper sheets were manufactured for the Hongwu Dynasty, but only the royal family and the imperial court had access to them.
1: What What did they make? What kind? Of, so,
0: was it like rice paper? Or? It just oh. says perfumed paper sheets. Uh, around the same time, people in Europe used rags. To clean up after a trip to the loo. Uh, first mention of toilet paper appeared in Europe in the 16th century by in a text by Rabbi Yeh. Uh, Spoiler alert, he was not a fan. Probably because most people in Europe were using bidets. In North America, Throughout the 1700s, people were still wiping with whatever they had on hand. Wait, wait,
1: wait, wait. if they were using, how were they pumping the fucking, the stream of water up your ass then? I
0: don't know, maybe they had a fucking hand pump on the side of the toilet, I don't... And this Australian fella comes through and goes, It's for washing your backside, right? <laughs> um... Fuck. No. Oh, okay. In North America, throughout the 1700s, people were still wiping with whatever they had on hand. Most common were things like corn cobs, which I've heard. This one I've never heard before, and I'm trying to figure out how the fuck that would work, but it says seashells. The three seashells, dude. Yeah,
1: that's what they were that's talking demolition, about. demolition, man. That was what they were talking about in demolition, man. Then That was what they were referring to. That's what the three seashells How the fuck can you?
0: Anyway. It doesn't
1: matter. The point is, is that they referred to the three seashells because they were some motherfucker was like, let's come up with something hilarious about wiping the ass in the future. And they're like, dude, how did they wipe in 1700s? They used seashells to wipe their asses. They're literally doing exactly what you're doing right now.
0: So in 1857, a New Yorker um, patented toilet paper. He called it medicated paper for the water closet. And he printed his name on every sheet.
1: And we thought that we made really long,
0: stupid fucking names to things, you know, like post-traumatic stress disorder. (laughs) What was the name of it again? Medicated paper for the water closet.
1: Medicate. I'm gonna, I need to go to the store and pick up some medicated paper for the water
0: closet. Can, dude, I just okay, so yeah, I mean, but and I was never in a Mark Twain book. No, no, it wasn't. And I don't know, like in an outhouse, I can't imagine yelling inside. Hey, honey, we're out of medicated paper in the water closet. You got a corn cob? <laughs> <laughs> so... Give me the three seashells. <laughs> uh, not much for seashells in in Colorado. What?
1: What in the fuck is that, though? I mean, seriously, that's hilarious, though, that that was said because that I just can't imagine. I mean, that's like a surefire way to fucking have like. I mean, you're going to pop seven hemorrhoids in a minute, you know?
0: Dude. I guess, yeah, I mean.
1: And that's why the banking institutions need to stop bucking us over. <laughs> because at some point in time, we're going to run out of toilet paper. We're going to be stuck with seashells. People are going to have horrible problems with hemorrhoids. And they're going to turn into bank robbers because of that, because they need to get
0: better toilet paper that's right because it all is about necessity it is yeah it's the mother of invention dude (laughs) i need some fucking medicated paper for the water closet (laughs) it's time to rob that bank bitch (laughs) um well and depending on how the economy actually went you probably could have used some of those fucking southern notes as toilet paper. Where the northern, northern notes. notes.
1: That's like two papery paper. I mean to get a to get like a, 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 a paper cut on your taint, I mean that's <laughs> that could really turn out bad, especially if you gotta you end up having to get up on the horse and you've got a really sweaty afternoon. You got an infected taint all of a sudden?
0: Yeah, it's hard to rob a bank with an infected taint. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong? Saddle sores? No, fucking southern note <laughs> tore my ass. Um, are you tainted? <laughs> Always, dude. Toward the end of the second half, we fucking just spin out of control
1: this out of is, control this is all right though this is this, are, this is funny
0: um well so regardless of whether or not you could shoot people or rob banks where would you go in the timeline
1: I mean, I don't what do I want to see? I mean, from what time period? To be honest with you, I'm fucking no, I would why like I would asked like, you. I, I don't wanna I don't wanna live in any other time period, but I would like to go back and look at um England when Shakespeare was around during the Renaissance, like because when I see like what we're lacking right now, it's the general ability to like bring that that spirit together to become something else to have that, you know, brave new world moment, you know, and and I know like when I look back at it, I'm doing the same thing that you're doing. I mean, I'm totally fucking romanticizing it, but we really need something to propel us through. Like one of the things that I was thinking about when I was going through Grootopia was, so one of the things that's helped China to, to develop so much over the course of the last, 130 years is, is Sun Yat sen, you know, like he's like, motherfuckers, you gotta learn how to read. It can't just be the fucking rich motherfuckers that can read. Everybody needs to have a certain measure of intelligence, you know. So, Madam Sen, like his wife, you know, like they they really facilitate, we went to a really cool um, mausoleum for which I think it's actually his, like they have his body there too. Um, uh, it it's like, there's it, it like a big Buddhist monastery and there's this huge. Where you go and there's a big statue of them up at the top of it. But uh, I honestly think that our general inability to understand abstractions, so like the way that the banks play economic games with us or against us is that we socially, like writ large, don't have the ability to make sense of it really quick. We need like a Sun Yat-sen abstraction/economics slash economics moment where like we we're intelligent enough to see what a game is when somebody's running it against us and to be able to create a counter move against it immediately so that it doesn't like there's like at the end of a obviously it'll come up again tomorrow because I'm obsessed with the movie big short and when we're talking about these things the big short's always
0: going what gonna, movie the big short I've never heard of that. You're such a dick, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Have have you mentioned that at any previous time? Only about like 20, 22% of the episodes (laughs)
1: do I bring up the movie big short, but, uh, um, there's already, so like the synthetic CDOs, there was already a new version of synthetic CDOs that came out in like 2014, like immediately after that. So, um, there's already these the other what that means is there's economic instru- instruments that are being passed on to regular people as good economic uh you know tools of making money that are gonna strip money away from normal people and we're just gonna get fucked again they're gonna you know? blow shit up yeah, yeah. so um the sec- third to last chapter um he t- he talks about the concept of, of bubbles as sort of like a compulsive thing this is where Tai taiby as good as he is with the um Putting together the the scam, like he he doesn't have the paradigm, right? This is why I mean I, you got you got to get into Marx when it comes to this because of the way that Marx talks about crisis, Uh, and the way that crisis has become institutionalized as a way of continually stripping money from from not just middle and lower class but certain certain demographics at the top as well. I mean there are people that got totally fucking played out of the fucking the the banking crisis. There were specific banks that benefited tremendously from it, and then there were other people that just got you know, they're like you didn't you didn't pay to play right, you didn't do this right, so we're gonna fuck you over and you can eat shit for the rest of your lives. You know, I mean, but still, the vast majority of people that get fucked over by it is all of us. You know, the 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 royal uh, proletariat us, the plebs, the.
0: Uh, you um, know, nobody's ever answered that question. Who was more of a plebe? That's because uh, only thirteen people listened. Yeah, I we, didn't really care. Yeah, they're like, "What are they
1: even talking about? We don't even know who you motherfuckers are."
0: <laughs> but I and think what's, what's a plebe? <laughs> um,
1: I think without a general understanding of how these things are, how the game is being run, the the process will continue to repeat, it, repeat itself in these these bubbles these uh, crises will continue to be structured we'll, we'll be we'll we'll get worried you know we will we'll be afraid that we'll lose the three bits of rice that we have to eat every day
0: and well during the break you and I were talking and i said you know i i i am still just completely baffled by the way the state doesn't seem to care. and and I'm not saying, Oh, we care about you, we care about you, but I'm talking about the the grand scheme of things all the way through, which is if we were better educated on finance, on reading, on all of this stuff to where you know people could get better jobs and and do all of this stuff, then tax bases go higher and Education gets better and it creates this self-perpetuating cycle where money is constantly being cycled through and not, you know, do a half a revolution and things get fucked. And then somebody's got to come up with some fucking stupid idea to help it go another fucking quarter of a turn to where it slightly improves. If if we could improve everything from the ground up, then the state would continually make money off of the tax base. And then I said, well, the problem is, is that you know politicians aren't looking at this in long term. They're looking at it in What's good for me right now? Very very
1: short term. Yeah.
0: Um, the next quarterly. Right. Yeah. A- and some of these politicians are gonna be dead in fucking ten years, so they don't give a shit what's gonna happen ten years from now. Shit, dead
1: in ten years. Dianne Feinstein. They literally like, Ro sent her like sent this tweet out because she's got dementia, right? And she's had dementia since she started her last Senate term. Somehow she still got fucking elected on her like 14th fucking senate term. Right, right. that's
0: a positive fucking vibe coming from the the voters.
1: Yeah, you got you, you gotta love it. So Rokana says uh, this bitch can't even fucking serve her role, and Rokana would never say this. To Rok, he's a he's he's a very he's a pretty nice guy. I mean, he's too tied to Silicon Valley, so he's got some. He's got to get his tongue out of the fucking <sighs> ass of you know. The Zuckerberg, of the, yeah, all of that that whole demographic, for all intents and purposes. But uh, um, having said that, he said this thing. He said, he said because she sits on the she's like, she almost she's like the number two person on the judiciary committee, and without her having sitting on it, all of Biden's uh, appointees are not able to get um, are not able to get uh, um, confirmed as judges. So her dementia and their commitment to her as a senator, like, which is just the most obnoxious bunch of bullshit in the history of the fucking universe, is a pretty clear example of how these motherfuckers don't give a fuck about improving anything. They don't give a... I mean, like you said, like, the, just the next quarter, they're, they're making their fucking money. I mean, she is literally incapable of functioning as a human being, much less being a, a, an active senator in well, the US
0: Senate, and really, that's the way corporate America thinks too. And and I'm not saying shady, not shady, but I mean, really, they look at, you know, month over month growth, quarter over quarter growth, year over year growth. But generally speaking, when you're talking year over year, they're forecasting out five years nothing is is long term so if we continue to look at everything in fucking quarterly cycles and five-year cycles at at the most when is anything ever going to get better
1: yeah Janae has got a really nice couple of papers on this yeah it, because it's the fallacy of progress i mean because there is no there is no progress in a space like that and it's intentionally structurally like created that way because it's rooted in a a very specific variety of capitalist time that doesn't doesn't ever want to improve i mean the image that you put forward where like you create a system that is fair honest self-perpetuating you know that it tries to resolve its own contradictions through us working as individuals and as part of a common good you know i mean yeah that to to have that in existence like in a meaningful way like it's curious how like if we ever get out of this cesspool that we're in right now uh the way that we fantasize the way that people that are libertarians fantasize about capitalism and the way that uh anarchists and good communists fantasize about a future it actually, the horseshoe should come right back around together to where the concept of the state as an institution to suppress people disappears because the state exists through all of the people acting in that sort of like collective. It's It would turn into something like Star Trek. And the only problem with the Star Trek disposition is this rhetorical disposition. And this is where I really agree with the point that you made earlier. Money is not evil. Money is a tool of abstraction. It allows us to calculate things. It, it allows us to understand uh, certain abstract expressions of value. this is this is not a bad thing. This is something that we could actually utilize to certain ends to where maybe something else could be possible. But as long as we you' you your the way that we construct time horizons is so integral to like you we have to have a hundred year plan. We have to have a thousand year plan. We I mean, like uh, Isaac Asimov in Foundation, that was like sort of one of the main points that, I mean, he suggests that you can actually map things out and whether or not that's possible uh, is, is, is obviously not even contextually appropriate given the context right now because everybody that's doing it, the only thousand-year mapping that Blackstone is doing is making sure that they're going to be the the demagogues for the, the next... Uh, in I, just, I was talking to somebody earlier, I want to... American Gods? Yeah. Was there like a weird... Uh, Notion of, like, banking or money in the manifestation of American gods?
0: So, I'm trying to think, because... I know this is more of a tomorrow conversation, but... Right. I'll have to think about that one, because the American gods... So, basically, there were all of the former gods and... From Greek, Roman, like the connection of both of them, ultimately the older ones, uh-huh. regardless, Greek, Roman, there, I, Jesus was in there, um, really, yeah, there were. So it was the older. We worship you uh-huh. gods, okay. you know, whether we're sacrificing something to you yeah. or whatever. Um, then there were the new gods, which were media, um, internet. Uh, wouldn't money? I mean, doesn't that seemed like it would make sense. I think money may have been there, but I can't remember for sure. And I only saw, I think, one and a half. And I think there may have been a total of three seasons, but it may have only been two. Um. But it was this big, like, I mean, it was a. A battle, yeah, between the old gods and the new. Yeah, um, I'll I'll have we'll we'll circle yeah, we'll back around back to it yeah. because Maybe. I think the money thing may have been there, but it just seems like it would be one of those things through our current through the current iteration
1: of what we worship. I mean, what else in the world do people worship more than you know the power that you have the capability of tapping into if you have scratch,
0: you know? Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm i going to have to think about that one more and maybe watch a couple episodes if I can and see because uh, it might be on Prime. And it was a pretty decent show. I
1: watched the first four or five episodes, but I got you know, you get sidetracked. So
0: Yeah. Um. So just toward the end there, I was thinking of a way to wrap this up. So and of course, you know, I want your input, but I would say... You don't want my input. I don't want everyone to go out and rob a bank tomorrow because... I hate that we have to make these fucking disclaimers. This isn't a disclaimer. I'm actually giving advice on how to truly fuck over the banks and the government, possibly ourselves, but you won't go to jail for it. So... Tomorrow, go and withdraw all your fucking money from the bank and stuff it in a mattress and encourage all of your friends and relatives to do the same fucking thing. I want thousands, nay, millions of people to do the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) Nay, millions. Bank run, Bri. And uh, see how fucking happy they are after we do that. Um, Anyway, that was just an idea.
1: Stuff it in a (laughs) match.
0: Nay, thousands. Nay,
1: millions. (laughs) Who the fuck says nay, dude? Are you a fucking horse? You should have said nay.
0: Nay, Wilbur. Wilbur. Or maybe it was
1: was an homage to the desire to go to the Shakespearean.
0: No, I, I no, okay. I just was. I had a corn cob Like I'm wiping
1: my ass. out.
0: <laughs> Nay, that was a seashell. Um. Okay. So, what's your fucking bright idea if you don't think that everybody should withdraw their money?
1: No, I. I, I mean, look like, like I said, there's two things that I sort of suggested inside of that, but obviously I'm a pretty process oriented person. Like a lot of this has to do with our being able to understand what's happening around us. So the Sunyat Sun sort of like idea of being able to read the moment economically, right? So you apply that, that concept to like not being, allow yourself allowing yourself to be duped, right? That would be one thing. And like I said, like the, what, even when I give the example of, uh, uh, supporting postal banking. like I, I, I even say that with like an incredible amount of reservations because I get nervous that somebody would try to use that as a way of getting in. But the, 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 we need to understand that the rhetorical space between public and private is bullshit. Uh, we don't have, again, a framework for understanding the way that that's working. We need to drive it forward. We need to start to create something like a public space again. And that doesn't mean that you, first of all, the, the, and this is, now I'm going into in too much stuff, but the, the private is not the opposite of public. That, that, is, that is a fallacy. Like, we need to start to understand some of these things in a more complicated way. We are not subjects by ourselves. Your subjectivity connects to other people. Blah, 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 philosophy, blah, 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 blah. We need to understand what's happening economically, and we need to understand that the the perceived division between public and private is a sham. So we need to start looking at those questions in a little bit more sophisticated way.
0: That's all. All right, people. Uh, on the next couple of episodes, we are going to be talking about entertainment that has to do with um, bank robbery and or I guess just robbery. I'll let you take one guess what one of the movies I'm going to talk about is. <laughs> is, it, is it the big short? I'm, I'm just, I don't want to tell them yet. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm gonna, it's the big Sorry, movie. I was given a guess. You're
1: messing with my big reveal.
0: <laughs> so we will, like, I think I'm going to try to watch Bonnie and Clyde because I've never watched that movie um, with Warren Beatty and is it Faye Dunaway? I don't know. It was done in like 1967. That was like him as a pup too. Huh? He was pretty young. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to try to watch that. But we're going to talk about, wow, a lot of different movies. There's a yeah. lot of really cool fucking robbery movies. Yeah, we, we were talking about it Time earlier, uh, Heat. Uh, there's all kinds of Yeah. So we're going to talk about that kind of shit um, as well as books. Because what's his name? And I can't remember the author's name, but he's the one that did... The books, which The Getaway, um, he did the Even one. The getaway, that's almost as bad as me in Big Short. Dude. But uh Casey Affleck was in the movie. He was like a fucking sheriff who had murdered somebody.
1: Oh, that's the fucking weird movie. That's the the kill the killing one. The one with Jim Tom. That's Jim Thompson. The Jim yeah, Thompson
0: Jim Thompson. Oh. Okay, so Jim Thompson. He wrote several really cool crime books. The primitive. I forgot about that. I should go look back at that. So we'll talk about some of that stuff. Uh, Anyway, we'll we'll talk to you soon. Have a good night. Adios. Day, whatever the fuck it is where you are. Yeah. Talk to you later. Since since we have people that listen in the Philippines and India. Yeah. We're we're global, baby.